My name is Sarah, and I'm Anxious AF. Welcome back to the podcast. In this week's episode, I'm telling a story about my experience seeing the film Call Me By Your Name and how that movie's affected my view of heartbreak. And then we go into a chat with Liz, someone that I knew in college and responded to a Facebook post I put up over a year ago. Uh, I asked, what makes you anxious about dating? And she responded, and I was intrigued by her responses, so I asked her on the show. It was a really interesting and entertaining conversation, so I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get into that, um, I just wanted to make a correction from last week's episode. We talk in the episode about an app that's used to feel safe in an Uber uh, or something like that, where you just basically hold down the button on the app and the police will know your location. Uh, The app's called Noonlight. I mentioned it was $10 a month because it was at the time I recorded it, but uh, Noonlight actually reached out to me and let me know that the app is actually free. Um, They don't want to stop anybody from downloading something that can make them feel safe. So I really appreciate that, and I just wanted to let you guys know that that app is available for free. It's called Noonlight, N-O-O-N-L-I-G-H-T. And yeah, uh, here's the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, so there's this movie that came out last year called Call Me By Your Name. You might have heard of it. Got nominated for a bunch of awards. It stars Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. And it's a love story that occurs over a summer. And there's a lot of flirting and tension, intimacy, sex. And then it ends. The main character, Elio, feels so much pain. But at the end, he embraces it. He remembers the good times and lets himself feel the hurt and grows from it. And I never felt that way about anybody. I don't have the experience that he has in this movie or like many others have when it comes to love. I've never been in love. I have no idea what that's like. This kid feels it at 17 and I'm 30 and it's like I'm missing something. Something key to the human experience. And that's what I think I was feeling after seeing it. I think I was experiencing the pain that he was going through because... I ended up being really invested in their love story. So invested that I was heartbroken. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I've seen the movie at least 19 times by now. My therapy sessions have revolved mostly around fear, especially when it comes to relationships. You get invested in a relationship, you give your all, you fall in love, and then something happens. It could be gone in a second. You gave everything you had. For what? Why bother? I was reading this review of Call Me By Your Name and one part stuck out for me. The author wrote that it is worth wading into desire. It's the only way to be alive, both in the good parts and the painful ones. And this has to be why I feel so empty. I haven't really been living. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So we're going to talk about dating yes. and anxiety yes. with dating. And I posted on Facebook like ages ago about dating and anxiety and what you feel when that happens. And you said a lot of things. I feel a lot of things. Because you feel so much and mm-hmm. I feel so much. And that's why I think we're kindred spirit. Yes. Yes. And so one of the things that you mentioned was like uh, coming on to strong dating, like when you're, you know, when you're either in the dating stage, I'm assuming, or yes. like w- later into relationship stage. Talk about that, where 
with how that happens for you? So for me, one of the things I realized um, through therapy, it's such a wonderful thing. It really is. Um, is that I'm actually a very needy person, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some of us are just needy, mm. but not everyone out there is needy. So for me, I found issues, um, you know, if there was someone that I liked, it was kind of like, okay, great. Um, I need you around all the damn time. I need you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll give you back, you know, Thursday, but Friday, you better be here. But I realized that not everyone was like that. So it was just like, okay, check yourself, Liz. Don't come on too strong. Give the person their personal space. But at the same time, I felt like, well, if I'm interested in you, shouldn't I just be honest and let you know I like you, I want to see you X many days of the week, and if that person's not about it, then I should just let them go. But no, I am a woman, I am insecure, and I have often thought it better to just hide my true feelings in the hopes of keeping a man around for as long as possible, even if we're not a match. But um, I want to say that I've learned better. I can't be sure. But yeah, so, you know, I realized that I was needy. And um, I tried my best to, you know, pull back and not scare too many guys off. But sometimes it was kind of just, like, unavoidable. Um, Not to throw out any names, but there was a young man that I was seeing. And things were going great. And But I was a skeptic, and I did you know, say, like, I feel like you're just going to run out of me or just disappear. And he said, I promise I'm not going to ghost you. I'm not going to ghost you. I'm not going to ghost you. I'm not just going to disappear. And then got to a point where I believed it until one day, one week or two. Surprise, surprise. He ghosted me. Of course, because men are going to be men. And and it took me a while to realize that I just came on too strong, that I maybe just needed a bit too much and now there's another part of my brain that says well no you didn't need too much he couldn't handle how you know he just couldn't Mm. handle you that's the thing um and he just wasn't the right guy it's a good way to look at it i'm in a relationship right now a long-term relationship i guess other people think it's been a long time for me it feels like two days Um, has it been two days no it's been about almost three years okay sounds Um, long-term to me Right. Um, and I am very needy. We are very needy with each other. And I think That's good. it was probably the first date that I asked him, so how are you with personal space? Like, if you like someone, how much time do you need to spend, like, alone? Like, how much time do you need to have to yourself? And he said, not really any. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons, or one of the ways that I knew, like, all right, I'm going to keep him around. Because he doesn't mind if I call him up on Friday, Sunday, Sunday. And then Monday afternoon. Anything that ends in day. Any day that ends in day. Yeah. Yeah. So, on your first date with your <laughs> boyfriend, did you did okay. you have those like normal first date jitters, or did you sense it different immediately? Uh, so I think I had been single for over two years, so I think I didn't. I no longer had the first date jitters. Mm. Um, I got mostly nervous during the texting or you know tinder whatever platform i i'm an i'm an online dater or i have had been an online dater so you know whether it was okay cupid sending messages back and forth or tinder sending you know little messages every couple of days i found that to be more like stressful 
than actually being on a date with someone. Because once you're on the date, you're locked in. It's just you're at least there for about an hour. And yeah. All you can do is you know try to be yourself and see if there's any chemistry. But I found that it's during the first stages where you're just introducing um, yourselves to each other that is actually the hardest because it's kind of the time when you have to try to prove to the other person that you are worth seeing and meeting in real life and you have to do all that through text and it's so hard to try to convey your personality through you know a message so I think I often wondered am I saying the right things am I quirky enough do I seem interesting enough maybe I'm boring maybe no one ever wants to meet me in real life because I don't actually seem very interesting and I know like I've heard from many people that like over you know texts or messaging or whatever um, I am very different than in person and in person I have a lot more personality right um, so there's so much personality you can show in a text form anyway yes you really can't I mean emojis help now they do the peach emoji I'm sure it's useful it's so useful but that not for me not for me then, but um, being on a first date, uh, being on the fir- going on the first date with my now boyfriend, I really wondered, before we met, I kind of just wondered, like, well, what does he even really look like? Is he even cute? <laughs> are these pictures real? <laughs> are these pictures real? Because, you know, there are a couple where you're like, okay, you seem kind of cute, and then you look at the other one, and you're like, wait, hold on now. That's, a, that's not the best angle. Which one am I getting? Like, like, how many pictures is do- with dogs does he have? Where can I get just a full frame? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it was interesting. My boy, my now boyfriend and I, um, we had been talking for a long time, about two or three weeks. Um, wow. Um, so we had been scheduled to meet, and the weekend before we were set to have our first date, I got bit in the face by a dog. I had to go to the hospital and have 90 stitches put in my face. And I texted him and the two other dudes I was supposed to have dates with and said, well, I'm just going to have to cancel because I'm not going outside anytime soon. And of the men, my now boyfriend, Vince, he was the only one to like respond and say, oh my gosh, are you serious? Are you okay? I know we don't know each other, but let me know if you need anything. And he checked in with me every single day just about every single day asking if I was okay if there was anything he could do even though we haven't met if you know he could just you know bring me anything because he knew what it was like to just you know be going through something like that alone and not even like my friends um were checking in on me that often and so I felt like okay they're probably something really special about this guy yeah how do you find that guy damn well i'll tell you i will tell you how i found found him he was actually a transplant he had just moved from the midwest he'd only been here about a month oh okay there you go that is how you get (laughs) nice person in new york trap the nice midwestern man congratulations thank you thank you i think something that i realized when during our first couple of dates um just he was just emotionally available and that was completely different from literally every guy I had been on a date with in two and a half years he was just totally emotionally available and I thought it was weird I couldn't get used to it I was like why are you showing interest in me why are you like texting me all the time 
why are you just communicating with me? I don't understand. Why are you telling me how much you like me and how interested you are in me? And then I just realized, like, no, you're an adult. You just, like, know what you want and you don't have time to play games. And that was exactly what I wanted, needed, and deserved. Yep. Deserved. I'm trying to figure out how to communicate. I want those things. Okay, communication. So how do you how do you communicate that and do you put it in your your app? In your in your dating app, in your profile, being like, "Hey, I want someone that's also needy." And <laughs> how do you how did you, you know, I don't even What what know. got you about his profile? I remember like I was hovering and I was just like, "Oh, left or right? Should I give him a chance to see the one that like, you know, maybe I meet him?" And he changes my whole world, and I kind of just thought, eh, I'll give you a chance. There was something about him, like, he just didn't seem corny. And I think that was, like, what I was looking for, just a dude who was not corny. A non-corny white dude. Whoa. Yeah. That's a rare find. Oh my god. Number one. I'm telling you. It's hard. (laughs) And so how did you, so obviously you're not on the apps anymore, I assume. No, I'm not. But, so how do you, how how did you handle going through that when you were dating? Was there sort of an anxiety to, like, you have to find someone where there's pressure that you were putting on yourself? Obviously, you're talking about the sort of, the, the growth that you have now of, mm-hmm. like, realizing, you know, that some people aren't the way that you want to be and yada yada. Yeah. How was that... How did you get there with there's just a lot of, you know, frogs that you oh had to go through? How did you discover it yourself, you know? Sarah. Liz. I, I don't know if you ever saw this, but during the time that I was single, I got so frustrated and fed up with the whole dating business that I started a blog. Oh. Um, did not know that. About all of these horrible dates that I went on. Nice. Um... And it was kind of my way of processing my experiences with these guys. Um, I did a a rough count. I had gone on about 32 first dates in two-ish years. And it was really awful. Of those 32 first dates, only, I'm going to say, four of them went on to have second or third or beyond dates. There were just, I can't do the math, but there were just so many shitty guys in that pool of men that I dated. And it was just kind of like me telling myself, you just got to keep going. You just got to keep getting through these guys. Just get through these shitty guys to hopefully try to find like a decent guy who's like worth spending your time and your effort on. It was not easy. When you first went out there, was that, so that mentality wasn't there or did you have to kind of repeat it to yourself in your head? Well, when I first went out there, I didn't want a boyfriend. I was having a hoe phase, um, and sure. it, it was great until I hit I hit a bit of a rock bottom, um, and then I didn't want to um, date anyone at all. And then I met someone who surprised me, and things didn't work out, and then I realized, wait, no, I definitely do want to be in a relationship. So getting back out there, I think one of the things for me was just trying not to settle. 
mm. trying not to settle for anything less than I deserved. And that didn't mean that I wouldn't allow myself to, like, you know, hang out with a guy who I knew things weren't going to go far with. Because at the same time, I did want to have fun. And for me, like, I have a hard time being alone. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I've got, you know, a career that I'm totally into and I've got 10,000 hobbies and I just love being at home by myself. It's like, nope, I'm not going to be alone. I can't be alone. There's nothing worse for me than being at home alone on, like, a Friday or Saturday or a Sunday and having nothing to do and just being with my thoughts. Yeah. At the time, it was just I I need to find somebody to share my life with because I don't I don't want to go through any of this by myself anymore. It was really hard. It was just really depressing just being alone, being by myself. And that for me is what strangely made me obsessive about dating. Mm-hmm. Like it that was fear of being by yourself. That fear yeah. of being by myself just always pulling on my phone, always seeing who my new matches were, always browsing through guys, just obsessively checking at work, being up till, you know, 1 a.m., you know, at night, just trying to see, like, maybe, maybe, maybe there's someone that I've missed. Maybe he's there. Maybe this guy that I've already seen five, six, seven times on this, you know, website, maybe he's the one I got to give a chance to. It was... It was really hard, and I put in a lot more effort than I think I, I should have, um, but I was kind of just determined. I Yeah, I really wondered, am I going to be alone forever? Yeah. And that was only, you know, two years of being single, and, and it had me wondering, like, I can't find someone. I might just be alone. I might die alone. And it was just an awful feeling for me. Yeah, and, and it's weird for me because I... I'm my anxiety is just dating in general a lot mm-hmm. of it is like I'm afraid to be alone but I've I've only been alone for so long like I've never been in a like a serious adult relationship mm-hmm. so I'm trying to figure out like what the best way is to navigate like the dating scene because I, I just hate like meeting strangers seems so weird and so awkward which it is and it's it just is. such a and then what you were saying earlier like I'm so in my head about my therapist keeps telling me that like the guy should you should be looking to see if the guy's good enough for you, not mm-hmm. that the you know you're good enough for the guy. That's true. And I haven't gotten out of that mentality. I'm always in my head on the date and not listening to the other person. Right. Like, am I like, do I look okay? Is my hair okay? Like, I'm just I'm so in my head. And I don't know if you ever felt that when you were dating. Oh yes, I've I've definitely been in my head on dates, um, just wondering like, okay trying to anticipate what the person is with the guy is going to say next to see if like okay do I have a funny anecdote do I have something witty to say like um if I order this is it gonna make me seem like I like am trying to take advantage of them if I have do I have lettuce in my teeth should I order a salad yeah yeah just a lot of that like okay if I get another drink does he is he gonna think like whoa she likes to drink like because that is also a thing I'm realizing that it's it's by not going out there, it's it's worse than trying because you just get so yeah. lonely. Yeah, um, something else that I would force myself to do, um, even if I didn't want to, was just like, I learned how to go out by myself and it seemed intimidating at first, but I thought like I've already been on all the websites and the apps and like whatever. There's actually a whole world of people like 
in this city that I could potentially meet if I just stepped outside of my comfort zone. So I would go to like coffee shops sometimes and you know, I would imagine the scenario. Like, you know, I'd sit down, there'd be a guy next to me, you know, we'd chat over like a book I'm reading or he's reading or whatever and like we would hit it off and exchange numbers and of course that never happened. I'd go to a bar and you know, just hang out for a couple of hours and just, you know, see if there was anyone around me like worth talking to and sometimes, you know, I did chat people up. Sometimes I only chatted up the bartenders and you know, that was okay too and it was weird. I, I would feel good about myself for just putting myself out there, just putting myself in an in the kind of environment where I was likely to meet someone. But at the end of the day, like if I did not meet anyone, I felt even worse. Also too, I think what's, I think a lot of anxiety that not necessarily everybody might know about is just, you know, one of the things you said on my Facebook post was about being anxious while dating while black. Oh yes, if you guys didn't know, I am black. Yeah, you can't tell by a podcast, but she's black. I'm black, yes. So, um, dating while black uh, was really difficult. And I'm just going to backtrack a little bit to say that um, I had a strong attraction to, like, white guys. And I I watched a lot of TV growing up, and I think it was something about, like... The Sean Hunter, the Zach Morris, like those guys had me fucked up. I I just remember watching them on TV and just being like, I feel some type of way about you guys right now. And then I just realized, like, okay, I'm I'm really into white dudes. And that's not to say that I'm not in, attracted to black men or Asian men. I've dated men of a wide variety of races. It's just like sometimes when a white dude walks on like a train, I just turn around. I'm just like, Ooh, yes. I just can't help it. For me, doing online dating and, you know, reaching out to talk to, like, some of the white men that I found attractive, there was definitely some serious anxiety there. There was the, uh, are you going to find me attractive? Um, Have you ever even dated, like, another black person before? Are, Are you, like outwardly racist are you low-key racist like it, it was just hard for me but like I really tried my best just to like to put myself out there and like not not worry too much about that but like inevitably almost all of the racist messages that I got and oh yes I did get racist like messages um they were from white men they Surprise. were from white men Surprise. without fail. Yeah. Some of the things I got sent, um, you know, because I can't forget. One one guy said to me, how's it going, my black bunny? And I said to him, like, don't ever say that to another woman ever again. It's awful. We don't want to hear it. We don't deserve it. And I just shut him down and blocked him. And that was that. Another guy said to me, I, he had long hair. And I don't hate on some long white man hair. And I said, hey, you got lovely hair. Um, And he said, thanks. Can you do my dreadlocks for me? Uh, Like, what makes you think this is the thing to say? So, I don't even know how to get into it. I just... It was really hard for me. And sometimes, like, I had men who were you know fun over messages um and then when i met them it was like oh you're trash like one man i i remember um 
this is probably my worst date ever and I'm not gonna go into it too much but um he we were talking about like what our what our types were the, the typical type of person that we would go for um was and I could tell he was really just trying to say all the right things and like just put on the moves and I asked him what his type of like woman was and he mm-hmm. said you and I thought, oh boy. well, what do you mean? Let's let's get specific because that's not really an answer to my question. And he said, you, women like you, beautiful brown women like you. And I thought, okay, like maybe he didn't like mean anything by it, but like I took I took offense to it. But I just I, I let him keep going. But he just continued to like bury himself um, into like this that he could not climb out of in my opinion he then went on to say because you can't see me guys but i have um lovely long senegalese twists um sometimes they're really long braids they go down to my butt just just picture it google it it's it's, gorgeous it's a look um he said oh i love your hair it's my favorite type of hair what does that mean what does that mean it's my favorite type of hair that's not true it's not true and it's just like I didn't even know how to process my thoughts and my feelings like in that moment but I just realized like you are not someone that I want to be around I don't ever want to be around guys like you ever again and I promptly just like got up and left because I thought like I don't deserve that and maybe other people will think like okay that's not the most racist thing but like it may be uncomfortable and I think how I felt in the moment is what matters. Yeah, and, and you also, and part of that too is you're not only getting like people that there's also people that are trying too hard. Yes, there are people that I know like fetishize my yeah, blackness. Yeah. And I and I just thought like, well, how do I avoid these people? And like, it's kind of hard. Um, it's kind of hard to avoid them. Like, they're either gonna be overt about it or they're gonna be subtle. Like when they text you, and then when you meet them, it's just like, oh god, like you think I'm some, like, exotic African queen and you just, like, you know, want to just fetishize me and objectify me and I'm not, I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. Listen, white men, you should date outside the land of white women. Why? Because there are so many wonderful women out there uh, of all races. I'm going to extend that. So many wonderful women of all races, of all sizes age shape color all of it you should try every flavor that the world has to offer of women yeah and And also you never know who you're gonna meet that you have a connection with i i can't tell you the number of people that i meet and say you know i never would have thought that we would connected like this person is like not who i usually go for but it it's really i mean i think it's really about who someone is what who they are in their heart and their mind and their soul like maybe you to just connect and you just need to step outside of your box you're you are shaped by your experiences and if you've grown up around you know mostly like white men or white you know white people you may think that some of the things that you want to say to a for example you know black women are okay because maybe you've heard other people say that when it's really not okay confront your own racist 
behavior. But that's too much. That's I was just like, whoa. Like, hold (laughs) on now. Hold on, We're asking too much of them. So while dating, I I realized that there was this um, correlation between, like, the number of dates I had and, like, my own self-worth. That was kind of crazy, and I thought, like, wow, I haven't been on a date in, like, four weeks. Like, I ain't shit. No one's messaged me in, like, you know, days or weeks. Like, there's something wrong with me. Like, I'm not attractive enough. Like, I don't have the right photos up. I'm not saying the right things. Like, am I worth dating? Like, do I deserve to be with someone? Like... Those are the kind of things that, like, kept me up at night. Like, along with the, am I going to be alone forever? It, it was also, like, if, it was also, like, am I, am I even actually good enough? Like, I know, for me, I tried to, I tried to exude confidence um, in my messages to men. And I also tried to exude, you know, an air of confidence um, when I was out on dates, but like I knew, like I wasn't actually as confident as I made myself out to be, um, and I was always worried that someone someone else was going to see that and just kind of think, oh, you ain't shit. Like you're yeah. you're really not as cool as you say you are. You're not as attractive as you know your pictures make like make you seem. You're you're not as funny. Like you don't really have that much going on like you're not worth it and I hated that I that there was this like correlation this arbitrary correlation between the number of like people that I would go out on dates with and you know how I felt about myself yeah and and for me it was like uh messages like if I wasn't getting any messages yeah I was like I felt the same way where it's like I don't Am I worth it? Like, I must be a piece of shit. Like, yeah. nobody wants to date me, so I definitely feel that that correlation for sure. Not like, anymore. I haven't looked. I don't. I, I'm, I haven't looked at dating websites in a while. I haven't even been on the apps in you know a year or so. At wow. Least. Like, I'm just like, I think it's a nervous, the nervous sense to get back on, but also like, like, oh god, I haven't got any messages, or like, mm-hmm. all these people look at your profile and they don't say anything. Right. Of course. And like. Uh, some of the apps they like tell you like oh five people have viewed your profile or you know so and so has viewed your profile and like sometimes if it was someone that I was interested in I'm like oh they're looking at my profile I'm gonna take this opportunity to message them because I I wasn't afraid in that sense like I had no problem messaging guys first but it was it was pretty rough if I would message a guy and he just like did not message back it was just like wow you really have no interest in me at all and you know I I try to tell myself oh I'm a catch because this and that and yada yada but like there was someone out there who didn't think I was that interesting or you know I wasn't worth spending them spending their time on so that was that was really hard for me to deal with yeah so what would you what would you say to close this out um in, in your, what your steps or you think would be good to, for other people to sort of see as steps to overcome if they're having issues uh, putting themselves out there? I would say, and this might sound cheesy, but like fake it until you make it. It, it really helps. Like you may not think that you like 
are, are that great looking or you might be like oh what do I even have to offer a guy like why would a guy talk to me over talking to like someone else but none of that stuff actually matters I think it matters like how you what am I trying to say I think what matters is what you put out into the world if you exude that kind of confidence, others will see it and think, okay, there is something about this girl that I need to, uh, that makes me want to find out more about her and see what she's about and get to know her because she just seems like, or he, you know, there are probably male listeners too. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello, man. Sorry, I shit on you. Uh, <laughs> there, yeah, there, there, everyone has something to offer someone else and you may not think much of it of yourself but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be someone out there who as the saying goes thinks like you know the sun shines out of your ass like you might you are probably it might actually yeah well it could you never know (laughs) it could happen but you might be the person that someone else is looking for something else that i would say is think about how Think about how much time you are actually willing to put into, you know, dating. For some people, they only want to date if it's, you know, require if it takes li- minimal effort. If they, you know, only have to send a couple messages a day, like that's fine with them. Whereas other people are like, no, I'm fully into this. Like I'm willing to spend as much time as necessary, provided that they're not, you know, quitting their full time jobs or whatever to you know be on dating sites and just be chatting with people and and hope and going on dates and things like that in order to try to speed up the process like if if you want dating to be a priority make it a priority but if if dating really isn't a priority for you if you're someone who's like okay i've got five other things going on in my life right now then like you know it's it's just not for you like you're not going to be the person spending five hours a week on dating apps and you don't have to be date at your leisure at your own pace date at date thank you date at your own pace well i like what you said because i feel like how often should i be doing this like but then it's like if i have other shit to work out that i don't like because i've never felt like dating had to be a first Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but now that I'm like, well, the guys aren't just going to appear in my lap. I mean, that'd be great. Uh, well, like, yeah. hello there. And then, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm, he's just here. He's just here. But, like, that's not going to be... And also, I remember reading something uh, where someone was saying, like, you're not going to meet anyone if you do the same routine every single day. That's also true. Like, try something new. Don't be afraid to try something new. I think, um... Uh, what did I try? I tried, as horrible as it sounds, I tried, like, one of those, like, meetup groups where it was just, like, 50 single people, like, in a room. And I thought, this seems so lame. And you know what? It was pretty lame. But there were... But I did it. And I went with a friend, and she had a great time, and she chatted up, you know, a good ton of men, and she got numbers, and and it was just good to just put ourselves out there and just just see what i don't want to say what fate has in store because i don't believe in that but just just see who you can meet i just want to say to the other women out there who are attracted to white men um out here 
they're out there. I know they are. I see you. Um, don't look for validation with those motherfuckers, okay? You don't need it from nope. them. That was something that I had to learn. I was like, I'm forgetting something big there. Like, if a white guy doesn't like you, like, so fucking Fuck what? There are plenty of other men of all wonderful races who will find you beautiful and attractive. You should find yourself beautiful and attractive. That is it. That's the one. Let's cut that. (laughs) (laughs) I need that. We need that. All women need to hear that. Y'all don't. Men can. This is the worst episode. This is the best episode ever. Sorry to everyone else I've interviewed. I ruined it. This is the best one. Everything is great. Thank you again. Thank you. You're fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again to Liz for being on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, I'll put a link to the review I quoted for Call Me By Your Name in the description box in case you want to read it. Also, check out Call Me By Your Name if you haven't seen it already. It's on DVD, Blu-ray, streaming etc it's everywhere uh so that was the last episode for now anyway uh i love to keep sharing stories and having conversations because that's what i love to do so let me know via social media at anxiousafshow or via the email at anxiousafshow at gmail.com if you'd like me to make more episodes and what topics you'd like me to talk about i have some ideas brewing but i'd love to know what you think Also, check out our website at anxiousafshow.com for more updates. Thanks to Garrett Rose for doing all the music and to Brian Castillo for editing and mixing every episode. I am very appreciative of you both, and I can't thank you enough. Keep following us for updates on new episodes. I hope there was something on this show that made it relatable in some way, shape, or form. I really enjoyed making it, even though it made me more anxious AF at times, but... uh, I really appreciate everyone for listening, so thank you, and we'll be back soon.